Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello, folks. My name is Joseph Langlois, and this week we are discussing The Princess Bride. My name is Ray DeRoso, and Joe, would it be inconceivable if we had another guest? My name is Ray DeRoso, you killed my father, prepare to die. Are you done introducing yourself, or are you going to do another one? Mailage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we are joined by Podcast Monarch and the ever-talented Blue Lennox. Hey, thank you. Hello. Welcome. I don't know. Hi, Blue. I'm, I know you meant it as a compliment, but I don't know how I feel about being a monarch. It's fine. You're, you're a magnanimous monarch. Everyone loves you, and you do right okay. by your people. It's All just right, a title. No, as, as a communist, I, uh, I feel weird about being monarchian. But All right. Um, that's fair. How about, how about podcasts? Uh, yeah, we'll go with podcasts. How about podcast Dynamo? Ooh, all right. I'm into <laughs> that. I'm into that. I'm here all for right. it. <laughs> Podcast Dynamo. Show. I love that. That put that on a resume. <laughs> I expect to see that. <laughs> I expect to see your new title reflected in your Twitter handle in the coming days. So, yeah. So Lily Blue Lennox, I see that your uh, resume here says uh podcast dynamo could you uh expound on that for me uh yes that was a uh, a title given to me by a close and personal co-worker of mine uh it, who was also a, a dynamo in the business that's just <laughs> something we call each other it's a, like a it's a little bit like uh have you heard of memes <laughs> <laughs> It's like, is there something you call the president? There's something everybody calls the president. The, the chief, right? What's yeah. The, yeah. Commander-in-chief. Commander-in-chief. It's a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a title that gets passed around. <laughs> Let's talk about a different kind of monarch today, and that is the Princess Bride. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, if I'm looking at my records here, we've all seen this movie. We have all seen it. Uh, and we all know the plot pretty well. Mm. So we're just going to pretend that we haven't seen it and make up a different plot based on the title. And I'm going to just start off by positing that it's definitely lesbians. Yes. Uh, For sure. So, so okay. take it away, I folks. Have the, <laughs> I have it. Okay. So there's like opening is like this teenage girl who's struggling with her feelings. And her mom is there telling her a story to 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 kind of help her along without being overt about about everything. Just like, hey, this exists and it's okay. And that's the Princess Bride. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. See, I I struggle with this because I'm worried that if I'm worried that we're gonna make a better movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I that's stopped. Okay. Like, Maybe you know what? Maybe what we're doing is we're laying the groundwork for uh, a remake. Mm. Oh, oh, oh! I love that. Unnecessary, but I'm okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's it's fine to listen. Every as we will find out when we watch this movie, everything that is old can become new again, and it's I okay. Have it. <laughs> doesn't doesn't take anything away from the original. That's fair. What if? We turned this into an anthology series, and this is the Princess Brides. Okay, because it's two lesbians. Or this is like, and it's like, wait, 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 wait. What if this is like the? <laughs> wait, now we're just this is just advertising or storyboard, story Surprise. break. Uh, <laughs> this is mock footage. It's yeah, right. It's uh, it's the sequel to to Princess Bride, and it's the continuation of the passing down of this story. And so it's a new telling of the same story, except now it's lesbians. Okay, yes. so it's not a mom; it's the kid from the from the actual Princess Bride. Telling right, it's the, now telling yes, it daughter. to to his daughter as he's older, 
Yeah. And he's like, oh no, my daughter is gay and she's a teenager and she doesn't know how to deal with her feelings. So I'll tell her the princess right. bride, but I'll change it up because I don't know if you guys know the like lore from the books around the movie. No, I don't. So am I allowed to talk about this? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just like, yeah, well, no problem. It's, it's a movie. I don't know. It's Our podcast is no rules just right. Well, there is one very important rule, and that's how we can't swear. Yes. I love learning things. Teach me. <laughs> so, so when Bill Goldman wrote the book series, for some reason, I don't know what behooved him. I've still not been able to figure out why he did it this way, uh, but he decided that he was going to set the book not only is the book like a fictional story but he also set the book in a fictional non-fiction universe huh okay in where so in real okay. life william goldman has two daughters and the like short story for why he wrote princess bride was he looked at them and he was like i'm going to write a new book what do you want it to be about and one of them said a princess and one of them said a bride and he was like oh, okay the okay. princess bride and then he wrote a story um but like in in universe of the book in his forewords when you read like the opening of the book in the very first edition he writes about how he was working in california on a tv script and he remember it's his son's like 10th birthday and so he remembers uh this book that his father read to him as a child called the princess bride by s morgenstern and so he looks for an an copy in english because it's from a country called florin and most copies can only be found in florinese and it's like not really printed anymore mm. and so then he gets it for his kid and his kid starts to read it while he's out of town and when he comes back his kid's like dad i tried to read it but it was super boring and he was like boring it's like the most exciting cool story ever and so he opens up the book he got for his son and he realizes it's just like this you know 2000 page history of just like super detailed intricate mm. history about the country of florin mm. and so then the book that you're reading is called the princess bride by s morgenstern abridged by william goldman aka the good parts version where he goes through the history of florin and just picks out all the good parts and that's the story of the princess bride that we know and love uh, about oh Wesley and gosh. Buttercup. And so like, and so then in the story, he does these like, um, if you've ever read um, uh, Lemony Snicket, where he mm -hmm. does these, he's author inserts, where he hops in and he's like, okay, so what I cut out here was 34 pages of the current princess trying on different hats and packing up things in boxes and then loading the boxes into the carriage and then traveling in the carriage to the kingdom and then unpacking. And then, and like he describes all the stuff that he quote unquote cut out of the original story, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's all his creation. So like, that's kind of that's why in the beginning when the grandpa sits down he's like the princess bride by s morgenstern rather than william goldman which as a kid i never understood i was like i don't get it um but apparently this like fiction that he's created has confused people for years especially before the internet because people used to go to bookstores and be like hi i want the full version of princess bride and they'd be like what are you talking about that doesn't exist mm -hmm. that's amazing and um so yeah he it's it's very incredible and he's a brilliant man and I still to this day don't know I mean I, for fun I guess <laughs> uh -huh. um, but no he uh, yeah so that's kind of I think it would be really cool to bring that like that um, canon into the movie by making a sequel that's different from the original but still like the same story because that goes hand in hand with I think his original like love and so vision. Do we want to make this movie like four hours long and, <sighs> and include a scene where she is just packing up hats and then riding in a carriage and unpacking hats? Oh, see, but that's um, but that's advertising. And if we were going to do this, yeah. I'd want it to be I think like it's really in the director's good. cut. Yeah, I think yeah. it's in the director's cut. Um, so, okay. So it's one of the, I have two thoughts. One of them is very important. Though the second one is also very important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ray, every single one of your thoughts is very important. Very much so. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you so much. One, so is one of the princesses Wesley and Buttercup's daughter? 
No, I think it's I think it's still it just Wesley and Buttercup. Okay. But Wesley is like a butch lesbian. Yeah. Okay, okay because the second thing I was going to say was lesbian dread pirate Roberts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That that's exa- exactly exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, Wesley's a girl. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's still the same story. We it's just switched up for it's still it's the exact same story. It's just switched up just enough that it's like for yeah, a no. new younger generation no. and also for <laughs> lesbians. Not that it wasn't already for lesbians because yeah, it super right. definitely well, was. Thing. I genuinely believe this movie is for everyone. Like if yeah. if you watch mm. it and you can't bring yourself to admit that you like something in it, then you've got some some stuff to work through. That's yeah. my firm belief. This for movie sure. rules school. I agree. <clears throat> but I also say that be- I, I agree with you because this movie was so, I'm not going to say formidable again, formative. <laughs> formative. <laughs> yeah. This movie was so <laughs> formative for me in my youth. Like I, when I, as I got older and started questioning, like not just my sexuality, but also my gender, I realized mm-hmm. that like my ideal self is a perfect even combination between Wesley and Buttercup. Like I Mm. always, since a Mm. child, I wanted to be them both. I wanted to be dashing and daring and swashbuckling and incredibly intelligent and, you know, but then also, and charming, but then also like beautiful and quick-witted and, you know, able to wear literally anything and look gorgeous. Mm. Um and and you know also quick-witted and yeah and passionate and yes like you know and it's it's crazy how much i like it's crazy how much of our personalities we form around media as children you don't even realize it until you're an adult and you step Mm -hmm. back and you watch the stuff you used to watch as a kid and you're like wow (laughs) this explains a lot about my sense of humor and the kind of things that i like to read and watch and uh, activities I like to do. <laughs> Maybe this is why I started horseback riding when I was 12. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah. I've literally been watching this movie since I was six. That's crazy to think about. I haven't watched it in a few years, and I'm glad, I'm excited to dip back in. It's, uh, I'm sure there is a better podcast out there that's better suited for me to talk about this movie on because like I could go, I literally could go on and on about behind the scenes and backstory and bonus stuff that I know and Mm -hmm. crazy anecdotes. Well, I mean, we got a few more minutes before we have to watch the movie. You want (laughs) to, you want to give me another anecdote? Um, I mean, do you want me to give you an anecdote about the movie or about my real life? Like, what's the, what would you prefer? Whatever's clever. Choose your do, own do, adventure. Do a fact <laughs> about the movie. We'll get more, we'll get more personal on the second half. Okay. Uh, another fact about the movie. So, uh, the scene with the sword fight, um, which in the book is called the greatest sword fight in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of facts about that movie, about the movie. So first of all, they hired two Olympic fencers to come up with the choreography mm-hmm. and they started day one, Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elwes day one, they started learning, um, the choreography and it got so good so fast. Then eventually like what had been an, a minute and a half of choreography, they got down to be able to do it in like 23 seconds. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Reiner, the director, was like, no, 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 no. This won't do. This is supposed to be the best sword fight in the world. I need more flash and bang, and it needs to be longer, and I need I need more, 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 more. And so they had to they had to continue learning like until it the scene ended up being, I think they ended up filming about two minutes of actual fight time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but so Prior to that was the very last scene that they filmed, because prior to that, uh, Carrie Elwes received a pretty serious foot injury. Uh, he broke his toe pretty severely on uh, because so Andre the Giant, who plays uh, Fezic, uh, could not fit in the vans that they took up and down the side of the mountain, so they rented him an ATV. 
And one day they were all just chilling on set and <laughs> Andre looks at Carrie and is like, hey, you want to try out my ATV? And Carrie's like, oh no, I don't think that's a good idea. And Andre's like, oh, come on. You got to live a little, bud. Like, just try it. <laughs> and he does and he gets his foot stuck under the brake. No. Oh. And yeah, yanks his foot out and breaks his toe. Uh, and I love the way he tells the story in his memoir because uh, it's he talks about it like he didn't want Rob to know and so he like just pr- walks it off and like pretends it didn't happen. And of course, <laughs> Rob Reiner, the director, like is going to find out from somebody. And he's right. like, hey, Carrie, got something you want to tell me? And he's like, no, everything's great, dad. Everything's fine. I'm good. <laughs> and Rob is like, listen, we need to get you some medical care. Like I know what happened. <laughs> Just <laughs> so he spent like most of the shoot with a broken foot. And there's actually a scene um, where it's just him and buttercup and they're like climbing, you know, when, uh, after Vizzini, Wesley has buttercup and they're like walking up and down all over the mountains. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he sits down against the log and just like chills. Yeah. And that wasn't choreographed. <clears throat> at all but his foot hurt so bad he was just like suave about it and didn't want to ruin the cut and so he just like yeah. sat down and was mm. like then they kept it in the movie because it was like so perfect yeah um <laughs> that's awesome but anyway certainly watch for that yeah yeah hmm. hey sorry hold on my cats are being zoomy hey C- quit <laughs> <laughs> Pigeon just dove under some sound foam to hide <laughs> when I yelled at her. You gotta hide. <laughs> These cats want a podcast. I know. They're Pigeon, do you wanna come tell people about Princess Bride? Has Pigeon ever watched it? Uh yeah. Yes, recently. Um <laughs> Well, that's good to know. It's good to know. Keep your kids in the know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta educate your kids, y'all. <laughs> so in in the in the castle in the palace there's just a bunch of cats right yeah just hanging out okay but that's like that's the lesbian love story is two lesbians just getting together and having a bunch of cats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's just a given that's it that's the final shot yeah <laughs> right yeah oh also Prince Humperdinck still has to be the prince and he's just a still just the meanest guy He's just a big bag of dirt. He's a terrible, terrible goblin, and everybody hates him. Literally, not everybody. a real goblin. Not a real a goblin. goblin. He's just like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to slander goblins that way. Because I know they are. They, they can be good sometimes. Your species does not dictate your alignment. <laughs> um, get at me at, at dark elves. <laughs> I don't care. I love all of you, and you're kind and generous. Now dark. we're talking about D and D. Well, I mean, it's pretty connected to Princess Bride. Oh, maybe we... I should make a Princess Bride themed one shot for D and D. I okay, legit have considered it before running a Princess Bride campaign, but the problem is I would want to play it. <laughs> Uh, so i was like i can't i'm not gonna do this i mean you you got it right there it's the fire swamps and the rodents of unusual size like right it's i'll run it blue if you want to play we'll talk about it okay we'll talk about this we have off air 100 lost the plot i would really love to just (laughs) watch the movie and get right let's Let's watch the movie (laughs) the end um what's your love What's our favorite line from the gay version of Princess Bride? <sighs> Only the romantic, most romantic set of lines in history. Hit me. Uh, death cannot stop true love. It can only delay it for a little while. I will never doubt again. There will never be a need. Dang. Haley and I say that to each other all the time. Aww. Good. That makes me happy. Alrighty. And I bet it makes you happy too. It does. She's she accepts me for my weird nerdiness, and I love her for it. <laughs> well, let's go eat some popcorn and watch the movie. Okay. All right. Can I I'm eat stopping. a pop tart? Yeah. Because that's just this once. Okay. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, welcome to the popcorn break. Or maybe if you so choose today, it can be a Pop-Tart break. That's fine. Snuggle in, enjoy your treat, and enjoy a few of these choice words from a couple of our sponsors today. Today we are being supported by Lunar Light Studio, and specifically two podcasts from the network, the first of which is going to be Ending Pending. Ending Pending is a podcast where hosts Andy, Evan, and Ronnie discuss television shows that never got the ending they deserved because they only lasted for a single season. Ending Pending goes episode by episode to find out what's working, what's not working, and where it all went wrong. How did Marvel do such a bad job with the Inhumans? Is Selfie the best show ever made? And how come so many vampire shows get cancelled? New episodes are available every Wednesday on EndingPending.com and Lunar Light Studio. Check it out. It's a riot. And another podcast here on Lunar Light Studio that we all love so much and is certainly worth your time is Comradical. Comradical is an educational podcast about socialism and you. It seeks to take the high concept theories behind socialism and communism and that whole line of thinking and boil them down into easy-to-digest comical bits. Uh, In doing so, they hope to clear up a lot of the misconceptions about communism and make sure that as many people as possible are kind of on the same page about what it all means. It is hosted by Haley Rose and Johnny Samiavati, and it comes out every month on Lunar Light Studio. Seize the means. Stay comradical. Thank you so much to Comradical and to Ending Pending and to Lunar Light Studio for your support. I urge you to go and give those new shows a try. How do we all? How do we all feel about the Princess Bride? So good. Mm. It's all right. Just yummy. Just yeah. so good. Yeah, it's okay. That was a good Sunday morning treat. Oh, it was yeah. a wonderful Sunday morning. It's just like the warmest. I just, it's just the warmest and fuzziest of feelings. Yeah. Like literally yeah. immediately after, I was like, "BRB, I gotta go hug my GF and tell her how much I love her." <laughs> Yeah. I've only seen this movie about twice, which is a shame. Mm. Um It's not a shame. I, you didn't grow up on it, but like it's awesome that like you didn't see this until your adulthood, but I didn't you, see this until college with you. Right. And so I think that's worth noting because I know a lot of people like there are movies like this that if you didn't grow up on it, then it it doesn't click for you and you just never yeah. get a taste for it. But I But I, I have a heart. Yeah. <laughs> You have a soul. You have a beating heart, and this I have is feelings good for you. and emotions. <laughs> thanks to Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes, it's thank true. you, thank you, Carly Rae thank Jepsen. Thank you, Carly. For emotions. <laughs> it's a good movie. I cried during this watch. Yeah. Oh, nice. There, there was some eye leakage. Wow, that's weird. I didn't. Um, it was during the Inigo Montoya fight. I yeah, just was crying. That's, that's the part that got me the most too. The acting in that scene is just phenomenal. It is just so good. Just both of them are stellar. Yeah. And then both of them mm-hmm. together are just stellar. It They're just, just so that, good. It's the scene exuded so much energy and potential that it unlocked my crying. All right. <laughs> I have I have two points that it's important for me that I want to discuss with you. Okay, um, go for it. The first is that th- this movie has been like released a lot of times with a, do- a lot of different box art, and I had a very specific one mm. that always blew okay. my mind. I'm uploading it to our group chat now, and I'll release it with the episode and the tweet. You yeah. can see this. It is the same. You can read it as the Princess Bride upside down both ways. That's amazing. Oh, you can. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I didn't what? realize that. Yeah. What? It's wild that they figured out how to do that, and it totally works. The, the font is a little silly, but it is in service of the fact that the box art is a reflection, and if you turn it upside down, you can still read it as the Princess Bride. That's wild. I have seen this box art before and did not realize that it, it was flippable. When my dad told me that, I was like, no way. And then I turned it upside down. I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> wild. 
That's wild. How did they figure out how to do that? Props for once to the graphic design department. Cause so here's the wild thing about this movie uh, is that it almost this should have been the poster first of all, <laughs> um, because they they the marketing department messed up like really bad with this movie. Um, and because of that, it almost like there's almost a chance that we wouldn't even be talking about this movie today if it wasn't for VHS. Mm-hmm. and the timing mm-hmm. um but so they when they marketed this movie if you go look at the poster let me see if i can find it um uh when they first marketed it they used a picture of the grandpa and the son in bed like like the what? son in bed and the grandpa reading him a book to kind of advertise it as like a family movie yeah mm-hmm. um but they cuz you know the problem with this movie is that it's like f- 10 different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like really hard to know how to market it right. Yeah, yeah. here's this is the original. Let me can open you, this. Can you tell me all the genres? There's a sci-fi. Definitely uh, some horror in there, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean a little, but like <laughs> it's, you know, it's action, adventure, it's romance, it's family, it's comedy, it's, you know, it's a lot of different things. And unless you're like familiar with the book, yeah, this is the original poster. I don't know if you can see this, but psychological you know, thriller. When you look at this, you're like, okay, so this is going to be like a bedtime stories type, like kids movie. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm uh, an adult on a date with my significant other, which is funny because it's now considered one of the best date movies of all time. Um, like, you know, if it's 87 and I'm on a date, I'm not going to want to go see this movie because it looks like it's going to be a movie for kids. And right. so in theaters, mm-hmm. it totally flopped. Um, just like totally flopped. It, it did really bad in the box office. Um, and the only thing that saved it was the fact that VHS came onto the market the Christmas after, like the Christmas directly after this came out, like the mm-hmm. Christmas of 87 was like when VHS was mm. like huge. And so this movie released onto VHS and then people who had seen it in theaters bought copies for their friends and then they watched it and they were like, oh, this movie slaps. And then they bought copies for their friends and they bought copies for their friends and then on the, and then became a cult classic. Um, and so now it's like Rocky Horror where like you can actually go to screenings of this movie and they interact Splash with the movie. Splash blood on you. And, well, they... <laughs> no, they at like, the screen. Yeah, well, they do. They throw peanuts at the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody want a peanut? Exactly, um, and so like it's it it's it for a long time in the '90s, especially it became this like cult classic. And then you know with the internet and streaming and all that, um, now it's just now it's just a classic in general. Everybody knows of knows at least of this movie, even if they've never seen it, they've definitely heard of it. Um, but like part of me wishes they had had a better poster, like even the one there um there's the po- there's the movie poster from the UK which was really good uh don't know why they didn't just use this one in the US but you know whatever i would love an original poster that i could frame on my wall that'd be great this is the <laughs> UK poster so much better um you could probably put all of these on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's really good, though, actually. Look, it's the main cast. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, this was the DVD box art that I had um, growing up. Heroes, giants, villains, wizards, true love, not just your basic average everyday ordinary run-of-the-mill ho-hum fairy tale. I mean... See, that, that advertises the movie so much better. Uh, yeah. And it's got the four main characters on it, and it's like, ooh, what's this going to be about? Listen, this movie's many things. What if there's not a perfect poster for it? Because it's all of them. I mean, there isn't, and that's the point. But yeah. like, they just they picked the worst option. Like, yeah, they did. <laughs> well, if you sorry. set these as like trading cards in front of me, I would not pick that one. Yeah, I mean, it just. It's not terrible. It just honestly though, I'm I'm glad it happened the way it did because like I don't know that this movie would be such a beloved classic if it hadn't happened that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there would still be people out there who like love it for what it is, but it wouldn't be 
beholden, I guess. Is that the term I'm looking for? Yeah. Formative. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ray. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of feelings about this movie and yeah. I just, I love it a lot. Well, it's a good movie. The second point that I want to just get in there is that go the, for it the villains in this flick are so good they're very good they're yeah. so good at being villains they're so slimy and terrible and like they're unquestionably bad which yeah. is refreshing because like not to like modern media has taken a lot of strides in making all characters villains included have like complex motives and yeah. interesting mm-hmm. arcs and everything. And that's good. That's good storytelling, but it's really nice to just like dip back into these like, okay, these are bad folks and they they go over out of their way time and time again to prove that they're bad. And on top of that all of that, Prince Humperdinck and Cro- uh, Count Rugen, is that his name? Count Rugen, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're like buds they're like really good friends and they have like their own little language and everything and that's also fun to see is just their chemistry as terrible evil men together um i don't know it's it's a (laughs) it's a riot watching them on screen no i i like that you bring that up because a lot of the movies that i've watched on this podcast uh, have villains that are like framed in like darkness and like creepy and like hiding behind the shadows yeah you don't really get that here they're just out in the open just being villainous and disgusting yeah and it's just so refreshing to see just bad people in broad daylight you say like shadows like in the background in the darkness there isn't really any of that in this movie it's all bright it's all flat and right in front of you and it's it's nice it doesn't it doesn't make you you it's a it's a it's a fairy tale right you know like it's you know when when you know you think about like snow white you know you have the princess and you have the evil queen and like the motives are very clear and you know honestly it's funny because um in the book not to be a big nerd but um in the book humperdinck is actually so much more despicable um which is why it's really crazy to me how well, they were able to characterize him in the film um, mm-hmm. to make him like as despicable as he is. But like in the in the book, one of his main character traits is that he's um, a hunter, and he he sends people out into the wild just to frame his cowardice. He sends people out into the wild to capture wild animals like pythons and tigers and gorillas. And he brings them back to his castle and locks them in a zoo. And then whenever he's like just feeling like he wants to kill something, he's like, bring me the the leopard. And then he fights a leopard to the death in this like cage, basically. Because he's just he just sucks. He's just awful and bad. And I hate him. He's the worst. <laughs> and there's no uh, ev- never any question about how awful he is. Like yep. from the very beginning, yep. the first time you see him, you're like, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah. Yep. And there's like there's a portion of the movie where you're like, I mean, obviously, I don't want Buttercup to be with this guy and he sucks. But like he's out here trying to get her back and stuff. And then he drops that line about like, oh, well, when I hired Vizzini to kill her and frame Gilder for it, you know, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. all right. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> We're, no, no, like, okay. no point of no return has been, a, has been reached. <laughs> yeah. There are moments f- now in my adulthood, too, that hit me in ways that didn't, you know, we were talking about this while we were watching the movie. Like, there are things about this movie, like, mostly jokes and comedic timing and and funny lines and like the writing and how really brilliant it is um that hit me but also just like things like that like plot twists about the fact that Humperdinck hired Vinzini to kill Buttercup I like I remember the first time that actually hit me as a plot point I was like oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. wow That, that hit me this time yeah um and also like I'm sure I would love 
to watch somebody watch this movie for the first time and see the reveal of the fact that Dread Pirate Roberts is Wesley. Because I'm sure for someone who has never seen this movie and doesn't know anything about the plot at all, that would be like, you know, earth shattering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But like when you know the story, you're like, how does she not realize that's Wesley? (laughs) When I was a kid, like that definitely blew me away. I feel like, Ray, when you watched this movie for the first time, did you know it was Wesley before the reveal happened? I had inklings, but I wasn't sure. And then when the reveal happened, then I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's 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 set up good. Because even though, like, even if you know it's Carrie Elway, which you, you probably could. I didn't. You, you probably could, though. Like, if you know that it's the same actor in both roles, he it's he gives his uh, identity as the Dread Pirate Roberts. And then when he right. reveals the story mm-hmm. of how the title of Dread Pirate Roberts is passed down, that's still one of the coolest plot points. Like that is, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a cool uh, little trick that they, they play and like, it's very original and it, and it works yeah. incredibly well, especially at the yeah. end of the movie when he decides to pass that title on to Inigo who no longer has a revenge to seek. Right. Y'all, yeah. Y'all, I love this. Joe, we're 15 minutes in. I need a plot summary. Oh, do we really have to? Yes. Wesley and Buttercup are in love. Wesley leaves and is killed. And then five years pass and Buttercup is supposed to marry the Prince Humperdinck. And then she gets kidnapped. And then the Dread Pirate Roberts catches up and is trying to kidnap her from the thieves and eventually succeeds and buttercup doesn't trust the dread pirate roberts obviously but then the dread pirate roberts reveals himself to be wesley actually and then she's like oh crap wesley's alive i can't marry humperdinck and then they try to escape but humperdinck catches them and recaptures buttercup and is going to force him for, and is going to force her to marry him. And then Wesley and the remaining thieves plan a daring onslaught to rescue Buttercup. And they succeed. And Humperdinck loses and has to live with uh, being a coward. There's a lot of details in there, but that's the plot, I guess. Meanwhile, this is a, a, a story being read to a little boy. Yeah, that's another important detail. This is all actually a story that is a, a grandpa is reading to his sick grandson. Yep. That's it. You got it in one. Mm-hmm. I got it in one. I did definitely didn't take a second take on it. <laughs> What's that? What's a second it, take? It feels, it feels useless to do a, a plot synopsis on this movie because of how many twists and turns there are. And it feels weird to say that there are twists and turns because it's so straightforward. Mm-hmm. but it, it really is like there's there's a lot of a lot of details and a lot of there's a lot of like changing alliances throughout the movie and it's mm-hmm. hard to keep track of um without without explaining every motivate because a lot of it has to do with character motivation and those motivations change and evolve throughout the movie as well and it would just be it would be <laughs> overbearing to go through every single one of those changes so not gonna do that i have a question i might have missed this during the movie um so i want some clarification if you know how did fezzik know that count regan was the six-fingered man when wesley told him oh that's right okay that's right that did happen thank you i think i might have blacked out during that fight yes um wait hold on no, 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 no. Uh, Fezzik told him about the six-fingered man when he was reviving him. The grandpa oh, narrates that's it. that's right, that's right, that's right. Fezzik finds Inigo super drunk and then takes him mm-hmm. inside and is feeding him soup. And the, as the grandpa's narrating, you hear him say that Fezzik told Inigo about the existence of the six-fingered man Count right. Rogan inside the castle. And right. considering his lifelong search, he took it surprisingly well and then he falls face down into a bowl of soup. Did. And Fezzik knew about this because he was working for the... The, the, the king, right? Military. Exactly. He was working. For uh, okay, got part it. Of the that's brute the squad. part. That's the part that flew over my head. Yeah. Okay, thank you. 
I thought that was just a statement. I didn't realize he was actually part of the Brute Squad, but that makes sense. Yeah, no, yes. he was. He was there breaking up the people living in Thieves' Force, and then when he came across Inigo, he was like, oh, well, this guy's my friend, so mm. mess, mess this job. <laughs> yeah, bye job. Um, Yeah, no, yeah, that was, it's it's all, you gotta kind of really pay attention with this one. but I gotta watch it at least 10 more times. At least. I mean, I watch it every year on my birthday. So Aww. That's a good tradition. Happy birthday right now. <laughs> yeah, it's my little gift to myself. I started it when I was in college um, because I spent my very first birthday alone. Um, and Because my birthday is over Labor Day weekend, which is always uh. the beginning of the school year. And it didn't occur to me when I moved out to college that like I just started school. I can't go home for Labor Day weekend to spend my birthday with my family. Uh, and so, yeah, my very first birthday away, I sat in the lobby of my best friend's my best friend's dorm, who I had made college friends with, like the first two weeks of school. It was awesome. And Are you talking they, about Hannah. Yeah, Hannah and Marty. You can say Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah's been here. She's been Has here. Hannah been on the podcast? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Hannah and Marty and I became friends like literally within the first week. It was classes hadn't even started yet. It was just orientation, and we all met and became like Im- immediate best friends and then ended up living together our sophomore year, which was awesome. Um, I miss them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Aww. Not, I'm like, I don't say this lightly. I know pretty much everything about this movie. So like, if there's any questions you have or anything you wanna know about like behind the scenes or like how something was done, you can just ask me and I can probably Honestly, tell you. Honestly, like during the movie, you mentioned that like the the person, the the, the rodent of unusual size was played like there was a, a puppet thing, obviously, and there was like a suit and you said that there was there had been a, a little person inside of it. And I yes. did not know that. Like I never even questioned it. I was like, I was just like, yeah, it's just a rat. Like, I don't know. It's a rat. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they had two choices. There was a just stuffed animal, basically. Uh, and then there was a suit with, yeah, with like with a little person inside of it. And they were gonna just use the stuffed animal and they were like, gosh, this looks so fake. Mm-hmm. Guys, we can't do this. We can't. Uh, I don't remember the exact story verbatim because it was a little confusing when I read it in the hmm. memoir. Well, it's fine. I mean. But it, basically like the gist of it is that the actor they had gotten to play the rodent of unusual size like ended up in jail and was late for shooting and then showed up like halfway through the day like yeah i was yeah gov i was in jail mate but no problem i'm here now let's shoot the scene and (laughs) that was it and they were they just didn't question it they were just like okay great england i guess (laughs) because they shot the whole thing in in england so Mm -hmm. I thought you were about to say in one day and I was about to screech. No. <laughs> I was no. like, there's no way. No, it was several months because just mostly because of weather, honestly. It was cold and mm-hmm. and foggy and rainy and, you know, England weather. England. So. I love the set dressing for this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, they used a real castle. Good. They used a real castle with like actual banners and knights yeah. and suits of armor and stuff. Um, only pieces of it were soundstage, like the the top of the Cliffs of Insanity, and yeah. the Fire Swamp. Mm. Obviously, what but do you mean they didn't f- visit the Fire Swamp? <laughs> no, they didn't want to die. But, Come on! But Wesley knew how to avoid. Yeah, whatever. We- Wesley did, but Carrie Elway didn't, and he got injured enough times. Plus, think about the film crew. Yeah. Huh. Oh, speaking Fine. of the fire swamp, one of my favorite stories of all time is a story about Bill Goldman, the writer, being on set. Um, this story is actually both in the 25th anniversary forward of the novel and also in Carrie Elwes's, um memoir. But one of my favorite stories of all time is Bill being on set while they were filming the fire swamp day one. And keep in mind, he's the writer. He wrote the script. Uh and uh, they're doing the first take with the flame spurts and uh, Robin's dress catches on fire. Mm-hmm. And Bill Goldman goes, oh God, she's on fire. Somebody help her. She's on fire. 
And Rob Reiner goes, cut, and turns around and goes, Bill, you wrote the script. That's supposed to happen. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I knew that, and leaves. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite stories of all time. Like, It's <laughs> so relatable. Concerned. Mm-hmm. No, he was. He was literally just concerned, but it's so relatable to be like that because I'm I'm that person that gets re- Haley loves watching me watch things because I'm an actor and so I get really into what I'm watching especially when the acting is good and so I start emoting the same kind of facial expressions that the actors are making and especially if it's a movie I know because then I mouth the words and she just she thinks it's the funniest thing to watch me watch movies or TV shows because I get so invested. So I am that person who would get really invested into watching somebody do a scene and then, you know, they catch on fire and I would freak out and be like, oh, my God, they're on fire. And then someone would be like, you 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 wrote this like, do you not? I'm like, I have to go. I can't be here. <laughs> I have to leave. I have too much embarrassment now. <laughs> yeah, I need to go bury my head in the lightning sand. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love this movie so much. The cast also like loves each other because a lot of for a lot of them, this was some of them like the main cast. This was like a lot of their very first acting gigs. I know Robin Wright for Which sure. This incredible. was incredible. Like, because mm-hmm. they all knock it out of the park. Like, yeah. everyone. Yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to bring this up earlier. Um, there are, there's just, there are some things that, like, like I said, I think this movie could do with a remake. Like, I don't, I don't think it would, I don't think it would kill me. I, I don't think it would take away from the original and I would still want to watch the original, but there are things that could be done differently. Um, the way that we did make the yuletide gay this year uh i really love the it's a wonderful life and Mm. it's not going to stop being part of my life but there are things that you and Haley updated when revising that script that i really love that are different like i don't want to get into plastic eating bacteria instead of plastics like it's it's just like little stuff like that that right I, I think well, could do it's with an just, update it's a little bit of a dicey i agree and it's a dicey conversation to have though because like the original is such a classic and you know i i'm gonna put this out there like i did not at all like the disney remake of lion king um which like you know if i'm taking it from that i didn't like the remake of beauty and the beast either Mm -hmm. and so if i'm looking Mm -hmm. at it from that perspective like beauty and the beast and lion king are two movies that to me i consider disney classics and so like I don't know. I I I hesitate when it comes to the idea of updating Princess Bride because, like, well, it would we're not have to let be Disney do it. No, no, no. I'm no. I know we're good. not. But I'm, that's what I'm. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it would have to be the right people, and yeah. I would probably want Rob Reiner to direct it again. Definitely. But the other problem is that, like, Bill Goldman passed away recently, like in the last two or three years, and like you know, Princess Bride was his baby. He mm-hmm. shopped this mm-hmm. movie around to hundreds of studios. I mean, just so many people. He handed this script and he was like, please make this. Please make this movie. This is my baby. Please make this movie. And nobody would do it because they didn't know how to market it. They were like, mm-hmm. this movie is great, but it is every movie. We can't we can't make this because we have no idea how to sell it to people. And so then finally, Rob Reiner was like, I'll do it. What the heck? Sure, why not? And so they made it. And of course, they still had issues with marketing. But, you know... So it just, I would, I hesitate, like, because I would love a remake that's updated and and even has a plot line, you know, where the main characters are are both women and they're gay for each other. Like, Mm -hmm. I would love that. Mm -hmm. And and as Red Pryor Roberts doesn't feel the need to gaslight Buttercup. (laughs) Right, exactly. Right. (laughs) Which is my only problem with the, with the film. Um, But I, I... I, it it would have had to be done five years ago, like because now he's not alive anymore to be there, like making sure that it's you know given the justice it deserves because it's his it's his like you know it was his magnum opus he considered it his like the best I mean, thing he would ever write and if now you're gonna he's have not... one this is a good one to have <laughs> oh yeah for sure um both the novel and the and the screenplay but mm-hmm. you know he he just 
he's not alive anymore and so like that kind of is where my hesitation comes from is like you know how do you remake uh, a classic movie um, and give it the justice it deserves while the original creator of the content is no longer with us um you know and so it would just have to be it would have to be the right people and they would have to be given blessing by somebody who i guess whoever has you know i would want to bring rob reiner back probably um i wouldn't want anybody else to direct this story because like he did such a good job the first time um i mean i'd want to bring as much of the original cast back as possible even if just to have like cameo roles (laughs) um it'd be fun to do the same thing they did before and feature a bunch of um new actors who like have never acted before yeah um or aren't even like big household names you know because they did you know they had billy crystal they had carol kane but they were those were those were cameos basically right they had they had teeny tiny roles um but like mandy patinkin and carrie elwes and robin wright like they were teeny 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 tiny actors that nobody Mm -hmm. knew wallace Mm -hmm. sean it was his first acting gig andre the giant was a wrestler yeah andre the giant was a wrestler and was popular you know for that but not really for acting which wrestling is acting but don't tell wrestling fans that (laughs) um (laughs) um but you know it's uh i don't know i'd be into it i part of me wants to like do what we did with make the yuletide gay right and like take the princess bride and make it into remake it into an audio drama Mm. And or like a radio play and see if we can whoa, make whoa, whoa. that TM, work. TM, 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 TM. Hey, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> do this and just see just see how we could make that work. Because the other thing is like there are so many. I don't want to plagiarize a script, but there are so many great lines and bits that I would hate to get rid of. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Definitely. Like, well, and that was kind of one of my big issues with the remake of Lion King. I didn't. I didn't have a nasty reaction to it like i thought it was fine it was directed with very little care and the lines that were chosen to to take back and which ones were modified and why didn't really seem to have a whole lot of thought put into it a lot of the time right it it felt a lot like a cash grab um which Mm. was why i was frustrated with that film in particular and also because they basically ruined the plot by cutting out the whole scene with Rafiki hitting Simba and not doing the whole like it's behind you so you need to put your pat like they didn't they cut out the main lesson of the story for some reason which was my biggest complaint and I was like okay well and they also ruined the joke in Hakuna Matata with the farts which sucked yeah but I also don't like Seth Rogen so I agree with that I agree on that front entirely but this is not about Lion King. Not That's about fine. Lion King. But um, we're talking about remakes, so it's it's yeah. still valid. No, you 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 make some good points. Like uh, I I've maybe it is better to let sleeping dogs lie. It's just it's just when I watch older flicks like this that you know are so important to me, and I see things that that make me kind of cringe or, or you know just a little uneasy. It just bums me out, and I'm like. I want to. I want to see it again. I want to see new life put into it because, as yeah. much as I know that this is a beloved film, and you know, I feel like I never run into somebody who doesn't say, "Oh God, I love the Princess Bride." I know that those people are out there. I know that they are yeah. out there. I just don't happen to run in those circles, I guess. But like, I I want I want everyone to know about this movie because it rules, and I want everyone to love it because there's really no reason not to. And if you disagree with me, at me. I'll I'll fight with you on Twitter. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Joe has the energy for that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> for this, at least. For this, at least. But no, I mean, like, I rather than a remake, I would love to see a readaption either to an audio drama format or to a stage production. Like, yeah. I would love to see this story brought into other mediums rather than making another film. Um, or even like another readaption of the book that like kind of incorporates some more of the themes from the story of the fact that like this is a story that exists in a alternate reality of our actual human universe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and kind of mixing some of those details in as if because like it's played in the book as if Florin and Gilder are real countries that yeah. actually mm-hmm. existed at some point. And this is their long and storied history of like their royalty and their kingdom and kind of like this love story comes from their weird history of like whatever. Um, and so I would love, you know, to see some of that. But I think like as a film, I think this film stands alone and I don't want to see it remade. Like I would love to see it readapted though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes good things should just be left alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. And I, as I said, I, I think you've made some good points. So no, I'm not, and, and there's just been some, some Twitter bug going around about uh, a remake possibly being done. And I know Carrie Elwes himself came out and was like, please don't make this movie. Um, but I do know that like the cast would super be down to see this story retold for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if we retold this story for, you know, the queer community specifically, I feel like the cast would be super into that and like supportive of it. But just a straight up and down remake of the story as it is, I feel like would be almost disrespectful yeah. even well that's i that was never my intention i think i've made it clear from the beginning like I no 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 i'm not with- i'm not saying what you were suggesting would be disrespectful i'm just saying like i'm just picturing like and you know if we did it right like we mm-hmm. would do it justice because we genuinely love it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like or if we got a bunch of people together who like love this property as it is and don't want it to be tarnished but like i'm picturing like Hollywood and how just capitalistic it is right now and they're not really making art anymore they're just about making money Mm. and like if someone like Universal for example got their hands on this property and were like okay we're gonna make remake Princess Bride it would just be garbage on fire and I would be so sad (laughs) I'm just like I can see it now and it's all like dark and like oh man Uh, it hurts me to think about but no, I'd be right. super now down with about like, Jurassic World and how how bad that was. So yeah, no, yeah, you're good. All right, you've you've convinced <laughs> me. You've swayed me. Let's leave it. Let's leave it and just watch it on our birthdays every year. Yeah, right. I I would I do I am interested in a readaption though. I would be interested in we should con- we should talk discuss that more because I'd be very <laughs> interested in that idea for sure. Um, but. I don't want to. Ray, was there anything that stuck out to you this time that uh, was like new to you or that you missed on a previous watch? Honestly, it felt like a first watch. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot most of the second half of the movie. I forgot that that Wesley died almost. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot that happened. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens and it's a shorter movie. Like, it's packed. It. It doesn't really slow down. It is. I think it's an hour and 47 minutes is the runtime. And it's, no, it does not pull punches. It just. It just goes. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, I mean, I've watched it a hundred times. So I'm like, okay, I know what's happening next. And like, once you get to that point, like, you know, it almost feels too short at that point. Then you're like, man, (laughs) there, there are moments (laughs) where I I wish I I have a feeling they had had more pause Um, specifically the scene with the um, the lightning sand yeah where Mm -hmm. they're like under the sand I feel like the pause of the the R.O.U.S. walking by and then like the quiet in the woods while we're waiting for them to come out of the sand I feel like when they originally edited the movie that was longer Mm mm-hmm and then they did the first screening and somebody was like, hey, this movie's two hours. Where can you cut so that yeah. it's, you know, not that long? We need f- 15 less minutes. And they were like, oh, well, I guess the scene with the mm-hmm. sand and the my artistic vision, I guess, can go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure that that's what happened, but it just kind of feels like there should have been or maybe was more pause there and it, it yeah. got removed. That does feel like a possibility. Um. But, you but know, who knows? Speaking of pauses being removed, I guess, uh, I think we should start to wrap up here. And I will ask Ray 
is this movie, The Princess Bride, even though this is technically your second watch, you did watch it for the first third. time in your third? Yeah. Okay. Well, you did watch it for the first time in your adulthood. Is this movie worth watching, even if you've never seen it before? If you don't have yes. the nostalgia for it. Yes, go watch this movie. I'm not going to hem and haw about it. It's 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 a it's a good movie. It's a fun fun tale, great acting. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go grab a friend and watch this movie. Watch it on your own. Watch it with a friend. Watch it in a group of people. Watch it with your family. Watch it with your grandpa. Watch go it. Heist a movie theater. Watch it. And watch it in theaters. <laughs> Ooh, Thank I want to see this movie in theaters. Yeah, that would be that would be fun. <laughs> also, we're coming up on thirty-five years. Yeah, so that's exciting. Mm-mm. I can't believe we're all that old already. Uh, <laughs> oh man, speak for yourself, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> And our our thirty something year old friends like Britton Reed and Sarah are <laughs> like, like, shut like up, you babies, all of you. <laughs> you babies, you shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Thank y'all so much for listening to Mock Footage. You can find us on Twitter at Mock Footage. Do not at Mock Footage to fight with me. You're gonna you're gonna find my at. <laughs> In the show notes down below. Um, if you at mock footage, I'll just stare at it and not say anything. I'll, I'll delete your tweet. I'll hack your account and delete your tweet. Um, <laughs> uh, you can send emails to mockfootage at gmail.com. Thank you so much to uh, Chongo for letting us use the song Hat of Serenity off of the album Hat Shop. Please find that on Bandcamp and give it a listen. Thank you to Ross Gerson for helping us create the cover art. And thank you to Lunar Light Studio for being our wonderful podcast family, as always. And thank you so much, Blue, for joining us on this episode. Where can people find more information about you? Uh, uh, I can be found uh, anywhere, everywhere, all the time. Uh, my Twitter at is at Blue Space Queen. You can also find me under that name on literally anything specifically twitch and soundcloud and bandcamp where i have my music and twitch is where i stream video games um i do all of that stuff it's my income my secondary income it's my second job basically so that's that um i make podcasts also on lunar light i'm i make bad advertising i make good boys girls which is coming back in 2020 yeah. uh <laughs> Also, since we mentioned it, go check out um, this year's episode of Make the Yuletide Gay if you haven't yet. I know it's February, mm. but never no, too, do it. Never Anytime too late for yeah. warm, warm holiday fuzzies. We did uh, a readaption, a, a gay adaption of uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which you guys talked about on the podcast. And we actually dropped a reference to mock footage. There is a uh, Judy Garland song that plays in the background <laughs> of one of the scenes <laughs> there uh, as a little like hat tip to to <laughs> y'all's podcast um so if you're a fan of mock footage go go check that out both of these wonderful wonderful gentlemen are are in it and they both do an excellent job so oh big hearts big hearts you both were wonderful <laughs> you know me um, i'm just a big warm fuzzy person and yes. i have a cat in my lap so i'm extra warm and fuzzy right now <laughs> all righty i think that does it ray what was your favorite line from the movie? Don't do this to me. I do it every time. Every single time I ask you what your favorite line is. I know, and I didn't make up a fake one today. Um. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I just love saying mowage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is your favorite, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Marriage is what brings us, us together today. today. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here. As you wish. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hey, Reed. 
Hey, Brittany. Hey, all of you out there in podcast land. This is what you call it. A podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of nerdiness. Here's what people are saying about it. Oh, have you heard of the what you call it? Hey, that, that is my favorite podcast it is right now. so good. It is better than a tater tot hot dish. Well, I can't believe that for a second. You know, it's one of those big Midwest fancy things. A Midwest fancy thing? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay, yeah, that's but what yeah. it is. <laughs> you're gonna love it, though. Oh, you're have, just gonna love have it. Have you heard Brittany talk about being from California? Oh, have you heard Reed talk about being from the Midwest? Well, I never. And for crying in the soup, for would you just listen to the, the show? Soup. Don't take their word. Take a listen to the show. Yeah, blah, blah. We're the show. And remember, folks... Your belly button is your old mouth. Listen. From LunarLightStudio.com.